0: What up, you your Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're good, healthy, happy, ready for spring, ready for March, and the madness. A reminder to check out the latest science in the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, here's what I'm going to do, okay? I'm going to tell you a story. Then I'm going to tell you what happened last night play for you some sound of what happened last night. Then I'm going to tell you another story and it's all going to come together and you're going to understand my perspective on it. Okay. All right. So here's the first story. Uh, One of my dear friends in broadcasting is John Shambi. You may know him as Boog, Boog Shambi. So you'll see him tonight. um, Big Monday hoops. Baylor taking on Texas. He and Fran Fraschilla. Okay. So Boog Shambi is probably best known as a big time um, uh, baseball play-by-play voice, right? He's the play-by-play voice now for the Chicago Cubs. He also works for ESPN. In a previous life, when the Marlins won the World Series, do you guys remember this actually happened? Joe Robbie Stadium, right? Which is Dolphin Stadium, but it used to be called Joe Robbie Stadium. He was the voice of the then Florida, now Miami Marlins, Right? So I never forget this. Um he had a great relationship. He's a former baseball player. Um and he he's one of those guys that it's like some play-by-play guys are you know there's Vin Scully who it's more about he's just he's a perfectionist as a broadcaster but not necessarily a baseball background. Boog is a great broadcaster, but he also, as a former baseball player, has a passion for knowing all the analytics, all the stats, and understanding how to contextualize it. He's really, really good. So, Boog had a good relationship with Moises Alou, who was on that World Series team, right? If you remember, Moises Alou then signed as a free agent with the Chicago Cubs, and here's my favorite Boog story: It's like he had so he had dinner one night with Moises. After a Cubs game that he called, and so he sit down. The first thing he said was like, "So, how do you like it?" And do you know what Moisés Alou said? A lot of day games, a lot of day games. Now, here's some context to it. Um, I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was late '80s, but for for you know a hundred or so years, the Cubs didn't even have lights at Wrigley Field. Hey. If you sign with the Cubs, there's a lot of things you don't know. But the one thing you do know is, they're going to have a whole hell of a lot of day games. That's like part of the fabric, not just of the Cubs, but of the city of Chicago. And Ferris Bueller's day off. You got a day off in the spring, you to a Cubs game, right? Beer, Wrigleyville, uh, the stands, day game. Don't sign with the Chicago Cubs if you don't like playing day games. Period. Does anybody, and as we all said, we have 90-plus years of sports radio. Like, if I said day games, who has the most day games in baseball? All of us, to a man, would go, Cubs, right? Okay. So the idea is, you better know what you're getting into. And there's some things that are very, very simple. Okay, that's the story, part one. Last night, LeBron James and the Lakers... Hit rock bottom. And like, whoa, what do you mean hit rock bottom? Okay, so they lost a hard fought game to the Clippers in the first game back from the All Star break. Now you may say to yourself, all right, it's the Clippers, they're a rival. Paul George play, the Kawhi Leonard play. So you can tell me, hey, Anthony Davis didn't play. And it's a good retort. Anthony Davis is a great player. When healthy, top five, top ten player in the NBA. He's their best actual physical talent because he helps them at both ends now. LeBron's still tremendous. Anthony Davis helps them more on defense. And without him, it's kind of a house of cards because he defends the rim so well. But they didn't have Anthony Davis. The other team doesn't have their two superstars. Okay, okay, it's the Clippers. The Clippers are still playing well. The New Orleans Pelicans come in. The New Orleans Pelicans. And all anybody is talking about with the Pelicans is their best young player who isn't with nor communicating with the team currently in Zion Williamson. They were 10 games under 500. The Pelicans come in and they don't beat the Lakers. They kicked the crap out of the Lakers. It was not competitive. They're booing the Lakers in the Lakers building. And the Lakers, Trevor Reza is calling a fan the B word. Like, what are you doing, dude? LeBron James is telling a fan, what do you know about basketball outside of the ball going in and not going in the hoop? Like, what, what, like the Lakers are imploding right before our eyes. I got in trouble once at ESPN. I got, um, this when early days of social media. Um, I, I think I had to spend social media. I, I actually lost, I think, a week of pay. This is a real story. I, again, this is one I haven't shared. And it was, we used to do these chats. And we used to do these chats. And it was like, a, you'd sit down at a computer, and they would just fire questions at you, do a chat. So I did a college basketball chat. And inevitably, you get trolls who ask you about Notre Dame and taking credit cards. And like At that time, this is like, 2006, maybe. So, it wasn't 25 years ago, but it was like 10 years after it. I had played somewhere else, played professionally, had a, like, I'm, I'm pretty well over it. But guys are tweaking me, and so what I did in the chat was I, and and I'm sure you could search the internet and probably find it, where guys were jerks to me. So instead of just avoiding the question, I put like, hey dude, tell your mom I left my Jordans underneath her bed. You know, I just told your mom jokes. Or when I say I want the pizza in 30 minutes or less, I want the pizza in 30 minutes or less. I'm just tweaking, guys. Not, I didn't curse. I didn't come at dudes. Nothing. I just, like, I, I, at some point, you get tired of of the Twitter bullies. And this time, it was the internet bullies. And there's a gentleman named Mark Gross, who I think still, I believe still works there. He's a coordinating producer for uh, for college basketball at the time, or for, I think, all content. And he calls me and he's like, Look, I would have fired you. I was like, Fired me for what? What'd I do? Like, those people who ask you questions, they actually pay your salary. Like, again, you don't have to answer their questions, but coming back at them and, and pointing out how foolish they look, what's the win in it? So I asked you, like, LeBron James, like, what is the win in LeBron James telling a fan who we all know? LeBron James has forgotten more about basketball than any fan in that arena will ever know. He's forgotten more than they know. But do you have to say it? Um. So look, this thing is a mess, and here's the story that I think connects it all together. I I wasn't a huge Kobe fan as as a player. I, I just wasn't. I felt like though he played hard on defense, which I respected, and though he wanted to win, like Kobe's default in wanting to win was he just wanted to take every shot. There are good portions of Kobe's career that I, I really didn't like. There were ways in which he treated people at points in time in his career, which I really didn't like. But version, whatever, 4.0 of Kobe at the end of his career, it wasn't necessarily gracious, but he did come to like... A mature, this is where I am, I'm kind of done. He He's not only very bright, but he became really comfortable with himself. And post-career Kobe was great because he had true perspective on how immature he was for so long and how he treated people at times, and he wanted to evolve out of that. So one night, and I have talked about this, I, I was fortunate Kobe and I had been missing each other in terms of talking about youth basketball. He he coached his late daughter, also died in the helicopter crash. He coached Gianna, and they had uh, they had the lady mamas right. And I had my own team and program in the same area, from the drawing from the same schools, and we would exchange texts and ideas and frustrations, and it was really really cool. And we'd he'd shoot me a text like, "Can you grab a drink tonight?" No, we finally I had drinks with him at your boy Rome's favorite place, Javier's. Okay? And it was the night before I actually guest-hosted Cowherd. And of the things that he talked about, it was, LeBron was coming to town. It was already done. And he said to me, unequivocally, LeBron does not get, know, or understand L.A. And he's not built for it, The way I'm built for it. And so I said, You know, what do you mean? He's like, Look, man, I shot those two air balls when I was 17, and I thought the world came crashing down. And my reaction to it was, I lived in the gym all summer. Okay. I, that, the, the, the way in which people reacted to those air balls, shots that I shouldn't have shot, they were bad shots, but I missed by a mile. Fueled me. Fueled me my whole career. You know, I I took negativity and it fueled me. And when there was negativity with me and Shaq, it fueled me. It's like, that's not what fuels LeBron. He's just built different. He's not the savage competitor that me and Mike are. Like, like, I want to kill. I'm the type of killer that wants to kill you and your whole family. LeBron just wants to be loved, wants to play ball, wants to win games. But he is not the killer that me and Mike are. That's his perception. And he's in an area in LA that doesn't, has never embraced him. Like, is it really that big a thing? That they have murals of, even before Kobe died, that the murals of Kobe and they put a mural of, of LeBron and people, you know, defaced it. Like, that's a real thing. He ha- he didn't, he's Moises Alou. He didn't understand that when he went to the Chicago Cubs, they were going to play day games. He didn't understand that when he was going into L.A., look, he's a better player than Kobe. Kobe Bryant is not one of the 10 greatest NBA players ever. He's just not. Okay? He's not the greatest Laker ever. I'm not saying anything that's blasphemous. Magic Johnson's the greatest Laker ever. Okay? And it's not really even that close. Kobe's great. And like, look, Kobe would have an open discussion about if he was alive today. He, he would say, and this is what he said to me that night, was, was like, look, everybody said I couldn't do it with Pau Gasol because Pau Gasol was too soft. Pau Gasol becomes one of my greatest teammates ever. I want a little bit of credit in it. Some of it's on Pau and a little bit of credit up for it. Okay? But there were lots of flaws in Kobe. And, you know, he's not a perfect dude. Not a perfect player. He's a great player. A great player. But he was a secondary version of Jordan. Right? Everything he copied was Jordan. He just wasn't as good at it. Wasn't as dominant. Wasn't, you know, didn't possess that next step burst athleticism of Jordan. Shot a lot of game-winning shots. Gets credit for making them. We don't point out he also missed a lot. And the difference was that Jordan learned in his career, to create for others. That's why he averaged 11 assists a game in the first NBA Finals. Look, Kobe's great. He's easily a top 20, 25 guy. Maybe maybe a top 10 if you want to create a list. I would, I would respectfully disagree. But Kobe is the Lakers guy. And the speech at the Memorial was great. The hug when Kobe was courtside was great. But the reality to it is He's not really a Laker, and those people that are calling you a fake Laker essentially are those people that you just told they don't know anything about basketball. Are Laker fans front runners? Hell yes. Do you know who else is front runners? All of the fans are front runners. They're all that way. The second you lose, they turn on you. That's fandom. They do. Okay. But it's how you handle it, and whether he didn't know or doesn't care, LeBron James has never really understood what he's walking into, what he's playing. Like even the the Rams win the win the Super Bowl. Like, hey, let's have a three way parade. That got no traction, none. And by the way, not a terrible idea. Honestly, think about it. Like, the Dodgers, like, not a terrible idea. They never really got a victory parade. Lakers never really got a victory parade. Like, not a terrible idea. Right? Not a terrible idea. A unite, like, one united front, city of champions, blah, 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 blah. How much traction did that get? Zero. No one even considered it. Not even once. Why? Because nobody likes the Lakers with LeBron. That's, like, the secret. Like, yeah, nobody really... Like, if they win, cool, put up another banner. But If they lose, like, it's LeBron, he's not really a Laker anyway. And he didn't know that he was walking into that. And he's not really built for that. He's not built for that level of criticism. This isn't something that he's ever really understood or felt. And so, yeah, he's reacting poorly to it. But he's reacting poorly to it because he didn't prepare himself for it, nor is he truly equipped for it. Those stories kind of make sense together. I don't know. It worked in my head. I don't know if it played out as such. I apologize if you're lost and I'm telling too many personal stories and too much personal details or whatever,
1: but... I really like those stories. Yeah. Uh, my one question, yeah. and it might be the most important question coming off the entire uh, segment. What? What was Kobe drinking? Was he drinking yeah. alcohol?
0: Yes. He was drinking the... There's a, a drink called the Mamba. He has his own drink there. And Javier's me, he, has the Mamba? Yeah. He has his own... Uh, yeah. What
1: is it like? Uh, it was kind of fruity. I was drinking it too.
0: So what he told me was, um, again, and he has instant recall. He had instant recall of every game he ever played. Like freaky, okay, freaky. So, Kobe, they were playing. I think the Rockets. You can look this one up. Uh, one year, they're playing the Rockets in the playoffs, and I think they were down three games to one. And he said that he... He said he texted, but I don't know if it was before the time of text whatever. But he said, like, he talked to Javier and said, Hey, man, <clears throat> I, need, I need to get away from the house and just think. So he, like, landed at LAX with the team, came right to Javier's, and stayed there, like, all night, just, like, by himself. And they just kept f- f- following, like, this was his drink, and then somebody you know called him a cab and, and he went home and that became kind of his drink.
1: I got the ingredients. Okay, what is it? This is a lot of sugar.
0: It's a, it was a lot of sugar. Wow. I was really hung over the next
1: Sky day. raspberry vodka, Malibu rum, um pineapple and orange juice. And and what is this? I I'm not a liquor connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Chambord. What is that? Chambord?
0: Yeah, something. Yes. It wow. was good. It was good. It was very sweet, very fruity. I was I I hosted Cowherd the next day and I was hung over. I don't drink that much. I don't drink fruity drinks that much, but it's Kobe Bryant. How many times in your life do you get a chance to talk with somebody? And he just talked like a real guy. He also, every, all the wait staff spoke Spanish and he would just like flip to Spanish and people come take pictures and he was, he took a bunch of pictures and then everybody left and then there's just me and him and, and a, a bunch of dudes cleaning up and he, he was, it was, it's like an amazing thing. And anyway, I'll never forget what he told me about LeBron. He's just like, listen, he know what he's getting into he ain't built for it like I was. And it's, this is different than anything he's ever been a part of.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
0: <laughs> Derek Jeter stepped down today. This is an awesome day. Right? So here's the thing about Derek Jeter stepping down as the CEO of the Marlins. Um, it didn't really make sense that Derek Jeter was running the Marlins to begin with. Because anybody who paid attention, it's not like Derek Jeter wasn't a great player, but he wasn't really into, well, baseball, to be totally honest. Like, he loved playing baseball, but not, like, baseball. I I don't know, if you guys listen to Derek Jeter throughout his career, especially at the end of his career, which, by the way, is the the uh, all-time producer-win radio show loss, right? and this is a, this is a true one. Bayer can speak to this. Jason Stewart can absolutely speak to this because he's done this for 25 years. Um, when I was at ESPN and ESPN and do we, I don't do, I'm sure we do this as well. We would send out a guest list every day. Right. And the producers, Scott Shapiro, who's my, our boss now was the producer of Mike and Mike. Now it wasn't a fair fight. Because yes, Scotty did the best job of getting the best guests, But it was also helped out by the fact that we pushed all the the best guests to that show. So, you know, every once in a while you read the rundown, you're like, dude, you know, who do they got on today? Well, I got uh, President George Bush and I got, you know, Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and, you know, Alex Rodriguez. Like it just guest upon guest anyway for a producer like producer porn is Book Derek Jeter. Top that one. Here's the problem. You guys remember that time Derek Jeter said that one thing? No, you know why? Derek Jeter never said nothing to nobody. Nothing. Zero. He's in the conversation of worst superstar interviews ever. I know I had him on. He was plenty nice. He would talk about whatever he wanted, but there was nothing controversial ever. But when Derek Jeter did do radio interviews... He was sure to point out that when he had his off day, he wasn't watching baseball. That wasn't a guy that could quote you chapter and verse. We got a kid in double A. He can really put, the, put, put some wood to the baseball, right? Oh, there's this kid in the Rangers organization, okay? He's in high A. He's out in Modesto. And he throws, like, that's not Derek Jeter. When Derek Jeter was off the clock, he was off the clock. He was a superstar in New York. He dated starlets, stayed single, <coughs> stayed free of controversy. He did his thing, but he was not into baseball. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. It worked for him. I'm sure had he been into baseball more, it would have worn him out. And he would become tired of trade talks and his Jeter done. And he didn't move over from shortstop when Alex Rodriguez came back. And all the ups and downs of the Yankees at the end of his run as a Yankee. He he didn't want to be general manager. He didn't want to tell them who to pick, who to sign. He just, I'm going to show up. Put me in the lineup. You know where I want to be. I'm wearing number two. I'm playing shortstop. I'll see you at 3.30. Right? That was it. So when he took up the CEO of the Miami Marlins. That was one of those, we got Jeter. Like, congrats? Then he fired everybody. And now, a couple years later, he walks away and he had 4% ownership, which I'm sure they'll buy him out, which will be, it was worth $40 million, which means he'll probably get, you know, $60, $65 million. Today is supposed to be the day where the owner's, and the Players Association come together, find some sort of middle ground agreement so we can have Major League Baseball, and Derek Jeter's out of the sport. That's a wow. It didn't fit, didn't make sense to begin with. It's not really what he needs to do. And of course, all of us who follow Derek Jeter, the only question we want to know is, do the Marlins get that gift bag? Ramos, you know the story with that, right?
1: I do, unfortunately, yeah.
0: yes. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, it's a class move. Class move. Derek Jeter, supposedly, that was the story, was, you know, you'd come and stay the night with Jeter, and then you'd wake up in the morning, and he'd be gone, and there'd be this really nice gift bag and a, and a car service to take you anywhere you wanted to go.
1: What do you—I um, th- I heard Bob Costas say once that he would, uh, he would just, like, write all the best— to somebody all the, best. Bob. Like, all the best was just something he wrote to somebody you just met at a Barnes and Noble or, a, or someone in prison who wanted his autograph it was all, the really
0: all the best all the best yeah. you Derek wonder if
1: Jeter. Derek Cheater would, would add a little note like that like not not impersonal but not personal at all
0: I like the fact that in his in his uh social media post it, it read that the organization was not headed in the direction that he wanted to be a part of like what does that mean <laughs> Again, it's like, wait a second. Y- you picked the groceries. You didn't like how the meal was coming together. Like, who else are we here? This is the same thing. It's no real accountability for it.
1: It's interesting that you said that about uh, Derek Jeter as a radio interview. He's not great. I've always asked myself this. Maybe you know this. The Tiger Woods of the world and the Derek Jeter's of the world, the guys that just aren't very available, and when you get them, they're a big coup, right? Right. Are they, are they boring mm-hmm. on purpose, or are they boring people?
0: Um, I think they have to be boring on purpose. I get him. I tend to think that be, because here's the thing. Like, look, Derek Jeter's a good-looking guy and he's a superstar athlete, right? Which makes you a little bit better-looking, makes you a little bit more charming. But there's no way, no way, he would have that sort of pull, that sort of magnetism. If not, it's like Bill Belichick. Like, you guys do realize that Bill Belichick, when the microphone's off, when he's just around the guys, like he's awesome. You can't again with this. We're all in the people business, and he wouldn't be that well regarded like Tiger Woods. Do I think Tiger Woods is still kind of a kind of a nerd from from North Orange County? You know that went to Stanford, sure. But I'm guessing Tiger's got a little bit more swag than he lets in on. And Dan Patrick has probably been the best ever at pulling that out of him. Right? There's a, a a respect there for Dan. He wants. Um, they once joked about betting on golf against each other, and Dan asked him, "How much would you know? How much would you would you w- would you lay down against me? You know, give me strokes in golf." And Tiger's response was, "I believe, however much makes you nervous, right?" Which is a great line and accurate, and accurate. But you can, it's like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady, it feels like he's a dork nerd, doesn't say much, but there's no way. That in a locker room of fifty-two other dudes, he doesn't have a alter alter ego that where he's just one of the fellas. You can't survive in sports that way.
1: It's an interesting decision to not be interesting, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Doctor Robert Three Thirty Three says all the best, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Dan. Um, this is really interesting. Like it's funny. We do we do the hockey reads right? And we give hockey scores, Dan. I'm. I'm. And I'm not. I don't. I did not know this. I looked it up. Uh huh. Okay. Um, Do you know who's even good in the National Hockey League?
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers are good.
0: Uh, Capitals are good. Um, the Kings are starting to become good. I heard the Kings or somebody told me the Kings are good. So yeah. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, they actually are pretty good. The Calgary, Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames. Yeah, they lead their division. The Canadians are god-awful. The Canadians are just atrocious. Why? I don't know. I. They won five in a row, by the way, Montreal. Well, they uh, they made it to the Stanley Cup final. Remember? Uh... No, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm seriously. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Like, it's, it's nuts how little... Anybody cares or pays attention now? Hockey guy is super in, but the rest of us like, yeah, I didn't even know. It's just a weird place, and I I do wonder. I don't think baseball will get to that place, but man, just telling you, you guys need to figure this thing out. Need to figure it out. Um, need to figure it out. Missing games again would be really really bad, especially when all the mask mandates are going away, which means people will be out in parks. Have we seen if college basketball and the NBA is a guide and, and the NFL, people want to be back in stadiums, wanna to, wanna to spend some money, want to get out. They've been inside for two years. Hey, Major League Baseball, figure it out. Figure it out quick, because the spring is coming and the masks are gone, and you could have full stadiums and cold beer flowing, or you could sit here and argue and you know, over protecting protecting all your money. And and again, I'm not I'm not going Jeff Passett and simply scorched earth and blaming the owners solely like the players got to be reasonable as well. Like owners want to make money on their teams. And I I hate this whole like, well, yeah, they lose money on cash, but they make money on the value of the team. Like, look, if you're a billionaire and you, this is your major investment. I don't want to have to sell my team to make money. I don't want to have to, I want to own my team. And why, why is that so hard to understand? I want to do both. Everybody there's, this is what I, I tell people all the time. When, when I recommend somebody else, for a job that I do, like I have friends in sports radio, I think should be elevated. They're really good. they are like, well, are you going to do that? that? That could hurt you. Hey, man, there's enough steak to go around, enough meat to go around. We can all eat. Plenty of money for Major League Baseball. You guys figure it out. Don't, don't anybody leave the table until the deal gets done today. That, that's my, I don't even care about rookie pool, second year when you get arbitration eligible. Like you guys figure it out. Everybody's going to take a loop of an L and then everybody's going to take a W because you're going to have baseball games on and full stadiums and full stadiums. And it's not the only reason that hockey is like dead across the board and nobody cares. And when I say nobody, I don't mean hockey fan. I mean, nobody else, but it didn't help. It really didn't help. Wild weekend in college basketball. Basically here's your college basketball uh, update on the weekend. Everybody lost. Except for Wisconsin, they beat Rutgers on the road. Everybody else lost. That's it. There's your update. Good? Check out the latest lines from world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, wait. Everybody who's on the road lost. Everybody's at home won. But all the best teams were on the road, so they all lost. Except for Wisconsin. They won.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the
0: iHeartRadio app. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from windswept, sunny, hot Southern California. Welcome in. Should I tell them why today's a, a, a day of celebration, kids? Sure, why not? Um, look, it's not necessarily pandemic induced, although the pandemic did allow more work from home, but, uh, I ain't been in front of these moocs in, uh, in quite a while, but I can actually see the beautiful, kind, warm face of Jason Stewart. And I'm kidding. That's John Ramos and Jay Stewart. Of course, it doesn't matter if I'm here or or at my house, so where I am, I still can't see Dan Byer's face. Right? They, uh, they we got a weird setup here. But good to be back. Uh, Vito's here. He's supposed to do the the uh, imaging, imaging. Right? That's where you take the funny and stupid things we say, uh, like our very well regarded in the sports radio world, Mount Rushmore of what was it? Sports radio. Uh, nothing going on. Topics.
1: The uh, Mount Rushmore of lazy, unimaginative sports radio topics.
0: Yeah, that got some play there. Uh, Jason Barrett's website, Jason Barrett, a former producer of mine, a friend of all of ours, who runs a it's like an inside the beltway sort of sort of thing, right? If you're a sports radio nerd, like we're sports radio nerds, you follow Jason Barrett. He picked up on it, and lots of my friends are like, that was hysterical.
1: Yeah, that was a huge one for us because he's an industry guy. He's yes. like the inside industry guy. So a lot of our colleagues got to hear it. Right, right. And that's that's kind of where you make your mark. And, you know, between us, we have like 100 years of experience in radio, like no exaggeration. Seriously. So we were imparting our experience with that take. That's a great point. It's good.
0: That's a great. How many years have you been doing this? I'm 25 in. I know John's around that. Yeah. Uh, Buyer? Byer's working. Sorry. Buyer actually does like, he has like multiple jobs and he's like, God, I hate you, Gottlieb. Why do you just call on me? Byer's, I think like, I think he's like 15 years. Byer, 15 years of doing this? How many years have you been doing sports radio specifically? Us, uh, 18 years? 18 years. Yeah. 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 So I'm 20, like. Actually 20 now that I think about it. 2002. Yeah. I mean, I, I first did fill in stuff when I was still in college. As an athlete, and then was fill in. But the first time I had a full time radio show was 2002. So we're at 20 years as well. Like that's crazy. You're right. So you're 25, 25 is 50, 20 and 20. We're not quite 100. So 90 years of combined experience. Not together. That would be weird and not <laughs> a great show. Anyway, we're back to the gang's back together. We're actually kind of together at the Super Bowl, but that doesn't really matter either. Anyway, a uh, reminder check out the latest lines in world of sports, a better Sportsbook. book. Better is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, just so you're aware, I told everyone on social media to hit the under on the Lakers regular season win total and hit the over hit the over On the Warriors hit the over on the Bulls. And if you listen to Daddy, you would right now be, basically, like, you're, I think, like a win away from the Bulls hitting the over already. The Bulls is like 41 and a half. So, basically, we did call it. And speaking of lines, on Better Sportsbook, I looked last night, the Lakers were a two and a half point favorite at home to the New Orleans Pelicans, who are without their young star, Zion Williamson, who we don't know if he actually wants to play with the team, if he communicates with anybody, any of that stuff. And what happened? To say the Lakers got their asses kicked is to say somebody got their asses kicked in the nicest possible way. They got run out of their own building. They got booed on their own home floor. And then they start getting chippy with their own fans. I have never... seen this is the Lakers. The Lakers are different than pretty much any other organization. It just is. Okay? It's, at the top, it's really kind of a mom-and-pop shop. Um, and yet, they've been able to either sustain winning or figure out the next star to bring in time and time and time again. And LeBron came to L.A. after the worst five-year stretch in the history of the L.A. Lakers. So it wasn't like he took over a sterling franchise that all he had to do was play and you win. He took it at rock bottom. And two years in, they win the title. And since they lost to Phoenix, and now this season is an abject disaster where it's become finger-pointing fest. And I love this part. This is my favorite part of the whole thing. So LeBron's supposedly mad at a writer named Bill Orham, covers the team. He was on with us last week. He was just on with Cowherd, right? And he who's he was he's upset because Bill Orham wrote that it's the beginnings of a war between Rich Paul and Rob Polinka. Rich Paul is the agent and friend of LeBron James, who represents half the team, and Rob Polinka is the GM of said team. And of course, the Lakers and Rich Paul. And Clutch Sports just put out a statement. We got no issues with them. They got no issues with us. Then why did you have a two-hour meeting? (laughs) (laughs) After the story came out. Because everyone who has no issues with one another has to have a two-hour meeting. Because you really have no issues. You know what you do? Hey, we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. That's how it works. Right? Like, when Bayer gets onto me because I ask him, to, I, I interrupt him when he's actually working and then we talk during the break, I'm like, are you good? I'm good. That's it. But when you really have a problem, you know what you have to do? You have to sit down, hash it out, two-hour meeting. This thing is a dumpster fire. Holy criminy. So, here's um, LeBron James was booed last night. And I, I have an opinion on, on LeBron and the Lakers I'm going to share with you. And I think it's going to tell you all you need to know. But let me first let you, here's LeBron on whether or not his knee injury impacted the number of turnovers he had. I played pretty bad tonight. I had some horrible turnovers. Seven turnovers? Yeah about four of them was pretty bad. Uh, the other three was just wrong, bad connections. But um, you know, I could have been a lot better for sure. But no, nah, I don't think it's affecting my play. Okay. I'm out like that offering no excuses. I didn't play well tonight. LeBron said this about the next month of games. Right now, it's about how we can get better today. I mean, we got a tough stretch with Dallas, um, Clippers again Thursday, then Golden State on Saturday. So, and we still got we got ten uh, ten road games this month or March of March. So, it don't get easier for us. Here's Russell Westbrook in exchange with Bill Orham. After the game, regarding the booze, does the booing like
1: you know pretty pretty loud, especially at the end of the game? Does that stick with you? Like, how do how do you handle like, nah, that? Like, nah. You don't take that home with you. For, take it home for what? I don't know, think about it. Take it home,
0: man. Well, I got three beautiful kids at my house. My wife, I ain't taking it home. They take their booing, they take their ass home. I ain't worried about that. It doesn't bother me none, and that's, that's the part. And I'm not really worried about it um, at all. And that's how I deal with it. So I'm not, you know, I can, it, it can roll off my shoulder, I go home. But as for our team, I have to think it's something that you got to deal with and kind of move forward. So, um, look, I, I love Russ's approach to it. I thought it was a fair question. I'm not sure he took it in the context in which he, in the in the way in which it was desired. Like you know, he got. A little defense, like, take it home. What do you mean? The idea is, like, how do you process that? Like, you came home to Los Angeles. You grew up in L.A. You grew up dreaming of being Kobe Bryant and winning titles. You, you're a Jordan brand guy. You come back. You do all these good works off the court. You played at UCLA. You've never offered a, a negative word about Los Angeles. And you're struggling, and they're booing you. Right? And, and by the way, I've never really understood the booing from home fans. But it is part of the arrogance of Laker fans. They expect more. And I don't think it's wrong to expect greater effort than they gave last night. I think that's really what the booing is more about. There's just some things that are just terrible effort and just bad play. Like, you miss shots, you miss shots. Gonna happen. Guy makes a shot with a hand in your face. Gonna happen. But man, they looked like a disconnected mess. And you know who LeBron James has to blame for this? LeBron James. And you can sit here and go like, "Well, you're a LeBron James hater." No, I'm not. No, I'm not. The the way sports media has turned and changed, it's it's one or the other. And the truth with most anything is in the middle. It just is. LeBron James is a great great player. Okay, great player. Uh, An all-time great player. I don't believe he's the greatest player ever. I believe he's right there in any discussion with the all-time greats. And I could nitpick and try and find ways to. But the point is, I'm not going to dispute that in the 100 years or 75 years of the NBA, with all the guys that have played, he has been consistently one of the 20 best players. Yes, I said 20 best. Right now, he's one of the 20 best. He's not one of the five best. Like, you're a, you're a hater. Like, really? He's better than Jokic? He's better than Giannis? Hey, he's better than those guys right now? No. He's better than Embiid? No. Was he better than Durant when Durant was healthy? No. I would say he's not better. Luka didn't play well last night in a comeback win, but he's not better than Luka at this point in time in his career. Right? Like, we go through and we go like, he's not better than Steph, and even when Steph doesn't shoot the ball well, he's not better, but he's still... At 17 years, or what is it, 19 years in the league, he's still one of, on any night he can be the best player in the league, and most nights he's one of the 10 or 50, he's one of the 20 best players in the league. Without getting into the argument of, is he four, or is he seven? That's stupid. That's Mount Rushmore Sports Radio. Let's do the rankings of LeBron James in the NBA. I'm going to open up phone lines for Blake to Blake say, you know, like, no, I'm not going to do that. So he's an all-time great player. But LeBron James wanted to have, wanted to come to L.A. L.A. was his only destination. That was where he wanted to go. He wanted to raise his family. He wants to do movies. He wanted to expand his brand. Okay? This is honestly no different than the Chargers. It's no different. It's really hard for a fan to grow up or to spend 15 years And you're the enemy. You're the rival. And oh yeah, by the way, the guy that preceded you, who tragically passed away, you know, before we really got to experience the the next step in Kobe's life where Kobe seemed to have finally have life figured out. Kobe Bryant was not perfect. I didn't even love the way Kobe played. But Kobe is the opposite of LeBron in that, okay, Kobe never left. He may have wanted to leave once upon a time, but he never left. Hey, and I understand that LeBron would say, like, "If you ask LeBron, I'm like, dude, he was selfish. I'm unselfish. Why don't people like me more?" But what the infatuation with Kobe was over his focus, his will, how how he purported himself late in his career in terms of his. Work ethic, but more than anything, you're seen as a mercenary. He's seen as a Laker. You play for the Lakers. He is a Laker. You play for the Lakers. Magic Johnson is a Laker. Right. That's really where we are. And so it's already difficult for Laker fans to embrace a guy who they used to they used to root against. Now we got a root for him. Now he's not performing. And Russell Westbrook is his hand-picked teammate. Whatever you want to say about Anthony Davis, who, when he's healthy, is a great player, wasn't playing well before he was hurt this time. But Anthony Davis was his hand-picked teammate. You pick these guys. Right? This is going to a restaurant and saying, no, 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 no. Here's how I want it made. I want the steak medium rare. I want the asparagus spears. I want the salad. I want pepper on the salad. I want extra pepper on the salad. They come and put the pepper. I want a little bit more. I want a drink. I want just... And then you eat the meal and you're like, you know, that's not nearly as... I didn't like the meal. Who do you have to blame? Who do you have to blame? And this, again... Is really not a and as much as LeBron is to blame for it's not he's not solely to blame for it's not all on him, right? Westbrook's been a mess. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. I don't think Frank Vogel has done the best job. On the other hand, he's he's dealt a bad hand of cards. Rob Palenka screwed this thing up when they didn't get Kyle Lowry last year, and then he let Caruso walk. Some of it, some of the blood is on the hands of Palenka, and, and then. Um, and, and frankly, Genie should have seen all of this coming. This is the way it goes with LeBron. It goes well until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, everyone else is to blame except for LeBron. And then he leaves town. Right? That, that's what happens. All the credit, none of the blame, leaves town. Don't believe me? Why did he leave Cleveland? Well, they couldn't put a good enough team around him. So he left. Went to Miami. Where they won two four NBA Finals, but at the end wasn't home. They 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 it seemed to have topped out. They seemed to have worn out. And the reason they didn't win the title in the last year was Bosh wasn't good enough. Wade was good. Never a mention of LeBron. He goes to Cleveland. All right, they come back, they win. It's miraculous. They celebrate, and then Golden State gets better than them. Golden State beats them like a drum, and instead of Recruiting better players and building it in his hometown or home area, he leaves. Why? It's their fault. They couldn't put the right team around me. I didn't have a good enough team. Now he goes to the Lakers. It's the same thing. Look, we as a country, we struggle with accountability. Nobody likes being told it's their fault. But it's their it's our fault. right? It just is. And he's not solely the blame, but this is this is how it's going to go with LeBron. He's going to leave. Hey, all that stuff you heard is more true than untrue. He does want to play with Bronny. It did show everybody in that locker room that his focus is on his points and because he doesn't think this team is any good. And when your best player is worried about his standing all time in scoring and what his future looks like a year and a half from now, you think they're going to buy into fixing it now? There wasn't one discussion, there wasn't one article that came out about the All-Star break where LeBron James like, hey, my sole focus is to fix this Laker team and get this Lakers team back to the NBA Finals we can win another championship. Did you ever hear that once? No. No. And so when your best player, when the guy who handpicks his teammates— is focused on the future, is focused on scoring, is focused on legacy, focused on, hey, man, never close the door at Cleveland. And then he returns to a locker room where Russell Westbrook, who he handpicked, and he's already out on Westbrook. Think about this. Think about what it feels like to be Russell Westbrook. It's one thing for fans to boo. Nobody. They don't. Re- no, these guys don't care about the fans. They don't really respect the fans. They think they're idiots, and most of them, frankly, are. Okay? but when your teammate when a guy who's viewed as if not the greatest one of the greatest players in the NBA recruits you to come to his team in your hometown and then 3 or 4 months in behind your back goes to the goes to the GM and says, "Hey, let's trade him for John Wall who is so well regarded in Houston that they pay him 40 plus million dollars to not play." We would rather have John Wall, who hasn't played a minute in the NBA this year, than you. How do you think Russell Westbrook's going to feel about the team? How do you think all those other guys who know they are just assets to be moved until LeBron James finds who he thinks is worthy of playing with? All of these things come back on LeBron. They just do. It doesn't make him a horrible human being. It doesn't make him the worst teammate ever. It just makes him accountable for what has happened to a Laker team that two years ago won an NBA title and nobody seems to care and LeBron's going to leave town as a guy who came in, won a championship, but was on the Lakers, not really a Laker. That's how it's going to go.